Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, we'll begin in the 18th verse here momentarily, but let's go ahead and pray, and, uh, and let's just set our hearts to receive from the Lord tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you once again. We just trust you for everything we need now. We just look to you for wisdom, for direction, for instruction and in righteousness. Lord, we want to be thoroughly furnished unto every good work, fully equipped to do the Master's work. And Lord, we just trust you now. Thank you for utterance. Thank you for boldness. In the Spirit now, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. All right? And, and so we've been, uh, the last few weeks, looking at all kinds of prayer, okay? And as this scripture says in the New International Version, it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. And so we know that there are different types of prayer. Uh, back to the foundation, though, all of us should be praying, okay? Uh, prayer is in its simplest form communication and fellowship with God, okay? It is, it is more, uh, it is not only fellowship and communication with God, it is also a legal transaction, by which things are transferred from the realm of the spirit to the realm of the natural, the realm that we live in and see and, 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 and feel things, okay? Prayer brings God's desires to pass, and it brings our desires to pass. But God set up the, the institution, if you will, of prayer uh, so that, of course, I mean, He wants to fellowship with you. When you're talking, He's listening, all right? But also, He wants you to have things that He has, and He's made great provision for us so that we can pray and simply lay hold of things. And I say things, I literally mean things. I do mean things like healings, things like uh, provision, cars and houses and stuff, and, and whatever it is that you need, and, and emotional needs, and all kinds of things. We are to lay hold of them by faith because God's made provision for, the, for us. And so, uh, in our previous discussion, uh, we were talking about the fact that all kinds of prayer means there are different kinds. And not always just do we say, I'm either going to pray or I'm not going to pray. I need to pray and know what kind of prayer is appropriate for the situation that I'm dealing with. And if I know what kind of prayer, I need to know how that particular prayer works. There are rules and spiritual principles and laws that govern the different types of prayer. And uh, like we said before, just like with sports, there are different types of sports and different rules for each sport. You can't play football with basketball rules, and et cetera, et cetera. You cannot uh, pray the prayer of faith, for example, with prayer of intercession rules. Okay? You follow the guidelines that govern each individual type of of prayer. And so last time we were discussing the prayer of faith. Anybody here for that? Were, were you all here for that? A uh, good portion of you were here. Uh, the prayer of faith is a very important and powerful prayer, and it is specifically used by you praying for you. Okay, it comes into play at other times a little bit when praying for others, but it's primarily when I pray and I need something from the Lord or I desire something from the Lord, I pray the prayer of faith so I receive from Him. That's the kind of prayer. I don't intercede for myself, okay? I'm not supplicating for myself. 
but I am praying the prayer of faith for myself. I believe I receive things that the Lord has promised, things that I've got God's Word on. Now, let me say a couple more things along those lines before I go into uh, another type of prayer. But there's some misconceptions when it comes to prayer, the prayer of faith and other kinds of prayers as well. And one of them is this, the more people uh, you can get praying, the more God will listen. That if I can get a large number of people, simply uh, many, many voices praying and asking the Lord for something, then God will respond. Well, that's human thinking, okay? That's fleshly thinking. Now, I'm not saying there's not value in united prayer when many voices are praying in a united way. There's some things that can happen. But I'm just talking about, you know, if I have this great need in my life and I'm praying and not seeming to get it, well, if I can get you to pray with me and you to pray and you to pray and, you, and if I can get a, a, a good email list and spam you all with prayer requests... <laughs> And I can get maybe, a, if I can get a thousand people praying, then certainly God's going to respond to that. Well, listen, let's think more in line with Scripture and biblical promises. God responds to faith, okay? He responds to faith. Anything wrong with a thousand people praying? If a thousand people are praying in faith, that could be very powerful. Don't get me wrong, okay? But it's not, it's not that I just need, if I can get enough people praying, then I'll get it. I can believe all by myself. Okay, and I can get anything that the Lord promised me, and my main focus should not be to see how many people I can get praying for me. My main focus it should be, okay, what am I praying for? Am I asking according to His will? Both does He want me to have it, okay, which that's easy, that's a promise, but also am I asking in, in the method that he, he, that he wants? Am I asking according to His will for asking? All right, And that's some of the things that we looked at last time. But when I do so, I can know for certain that God hears me. And I can know for absolute certainty that God responds to me the very moment I call upon Him. Amen. Amen. And that should be the way we pray. I'm not praying, like we said before, I try not to re review too much, but there's no prayer and see if it happens. That, that type of prayer is just not in the Bible. I'm going to pray and See if God answered. No, you don't see if God answers. You find out ahead of time that you're cooperating with Him in prayer. Amen. Here's another misconception that if you keep asking, God will eventually answer. If you just keep on asking, ask and 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 if, you, if the day runs out, start up again tomorrow. Ask Him and ask Him and ask Him and ask Him. And if the day runs out, start up again the next day. And you, if you just keep asking and keep asking and keep asking, eventually God is going to respond to you. I just think that's rude if that's true. And God's not rude, is He? For God is love. But not, nevertheless, uh, uh, nonetheless, that's not just not scriptural. Okay? In other words, if I ask, you, if I ask the Lord for something twice, the second time I undid the first request. Because I'm saying by asking again that apparently, Lord, you didn't hear me. Apparently, uh, because I got no response, I must need to do it again. Amen. Like there was some type of breakdown in radio communications. And you have to repeat again. Didn't you hear me? <laughs> Listen, when you prayed according to His Word and prayed in faith, He heard you. Okay. 
And so the type of prayer you pray after that is not request prayer again. All right, I'll come back to that later. All right. So if you keep asking, it's simply unbelief. Let me show you something in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Praise the Lord. There's no, there's no dead areas in heaven where the cell signal's not real strong. Uh, could you say again? What do you say? No, the very, first, very moment you, you peep, it doesn't have to be loud. I mean, the, the Lord can hear a loud voice, and the Lord can hear a quiet voice. But the main thing He wants to hear is faith. Hmm. I heard someone say before, I uh, don't know where this originated, but that God will pass over a million people to get to the one person who's calling on Him in faith. Because there's a lot of people making noise. Isn't that right? A lot of people making noise. Uh, but how many know noise is not what God, is, God responds to? Let me say this as well. Need is not what God responds to. Okay, say, doesn't God meet all our needs? No. Where'd you hear that? Someone said, Philippians. No, God said he, Paul said God will meet all your needs. He wasn't talking to you. He was talking to them. <laughs> I, I know that's hard to hear. So, so, but I quote that verse. Well, you can quote that verse. Okay. And you can believe it, and it'll be operative in your life as well. But we've got to understand what they were doing. He was talking to a giving church. He just got through commending them on their giving. And he said, my God will meet all your needs uh, according to his riches and glory by, by Christ Jesus. Okay, and I use that scripture. Don't get me wrong. That's a good thing to, good thing to say. But, you know, you've got to qualify for that. You can't, you, can't just, you can't just live, do anything you want to do, and say, and the Lord meets, my, the Lord meets all my needs. Does he? I know a lot of people who are having their needs unmet year after year, year after year. Apparently, God's not meeting them, is He? Amen. <laughs> will the Lord say, will the Lord meet my needs? Listen, if you'll call upon Him, He'll answer you. But understand that things have to be in your heart. And some things have pre-qualifiers. Do this and you get this. Not skip this and you get this anyway. Hmm. not flunk all the tests, and because you're uh, taller than everybody else, we're going to bump you up to third grade anyway. <laughs> no, in the kingdom, you really have to pass the tests first. <laughs> Amen. They're called obe it's called obedience. It's called doing what the Lord wants you to do. It qualifies you for the next level, to get promoted, to get to go up to the next place. Amen. All right. Where are we at? Luke 11. Luke 11, verse 5. Luke 11, 5. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise to give you. Is this your friend? 
I say to you, though he will not rise and, and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. All right. First of all, this situation is, is really like uh, another one where the Lord talked about the unjust judge, where it's not a direct comparison to God. It is a contrast to God. This so-called friend is not the way the Lord does you. We're not to get an understanding here that sometimes I go to the Lord and He's in bed. Sometimes He's busy or He's asleep and I'm troubling Him by coming to Him. Never are you troubling the Lord or bothering Him or He's too busy with someone else that He's going to say, listen, come on, come back tomorrow. No, you never trouble Him with your requests. Okay, and therefore knowing that I don't have to come in with a mindset where I'm going to wear him out. But this person, he said, though he's your friend, he's not even going to he's not going to rise and give it to you because of that. But he said here because of your persistence. Okay, Uh, some translations will will use the word importunity there. Really, if you look it up, uh, the Greek word in the Strong's means shamelessness shamelessness he said because you have no shame he's going to get up and give it to you because you had the goal to go to him at midnight just because you had the you had you had something you needed and you thought you know what I'm just going to go over here I know he's my friend I know he probably doesn't want to get out of bed and he's probably already asleep but I have a need I'm just going to go ahead and ask him anyway because of that he will give you give it to you and he'll get up now in relationship to the Lord We need to understand, again, he's not too busy. That's not his response. But a shameful person is going to have a difficult time getting their their prayers answered. Many people feel too ashamed to even ask. They feel guilty. They feel like they're not worthy. And they don't want to bother the Lord. They don't want to trouble him. And and going in to to the Lord with shame and guilt is is a... a big time faith killer whenever you feel condemned and feel guilty and full of shame your faith does not work you are not confident okay I mean can you can you see if you're if you need to talk someone and you've done them wrong I mean you really did, did treated them wrongly you and they know about it and you know about it it's kind of hard to stand before them isn't it you don't you kind of just don't even want to look them in the eye you feel guilty and it's like and I feel bad about this. Well, all of our sin, in reality, come on, we're looking in the face of God. And who have we ultimately sinned against? Him. Him. And so when you come before the Lord with sin, it's hard to come confidently. That's why before, this is kind of extra stuff right here, but listen, before you make request of Him and pray the prayer of faith for yourself, get your heart right. Receive His forgiveness. And in that way, am I saying the Lord's going to push you away because of sin? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's going to be a hindrance. There's going to be a block. There's going to be a, a heart that is not going to be confident before Him, but needs to be washed and cleansed. And so you go before the Lord with 1 John 1, 9. You confess your sin before Him and say, Lord, I thank You for Your forgiveness. You said You'd cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Now I stand before You clean. Now I stand before you spotless. I have no shame and guilt. I don't feel inferior. None of that shame in my life. I stand before the Lord shameless. 
And when you, you stand before him shameless, you're confident to go before him. Come on now. I think it's Luke chapter 12 where the, where the Lord said, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We ought not feel that we're, we're intruding on things. And I, man, I'm asking for something. Does the Lord really want me to have this? And yes, come on. If, he'll, if, it's, if it's his desire, if he takes pleasure in giving you the whole honking kingdom, you tell, talking to me, uh, telling me he's not interested in your kid being saved. You're not, you're not interested in your, uh, in your needs being met and your body being healed and in giving you a job here or, or whatever it is that you're, you're seeking the Lord for. He, it's His will to give you everything. There's no limits to that. We can't ever go in thinking, ah, well, I don't, you know, should I ask for this? You know, in reality, a large request shows honor. Because if you ask the Lord for something large, just in the asking, you're basically showing Him and saying to Him, I believe you can do it. I wouldn't be coming to you to ask something so big if I thought you were too small to handle this or you were unable to handle this. Whenever, if someone ever asks you to do something, to do something, and it's a kind of a big, a big thing, a big, a big, big job, take it as a compliment. Because they wouldn't be asking you if they thought you were unable, you were incapable of doing it. They're showing you honor and respect, okay? And when we ask the Lord big, there's nothing wrong with that. Come on now, He's a big God. See, what, sometimes we're, we're, our faith is being, is being based on where we're at and what, what we think. Come on, turn your faith and, and point it His direction. And base it on his, bil- his ability and His resources. Your faith will, will, ex- uh, will grow in that situation. Amen. So don't feel bad to ask. Believe in that. Uh, ask believing that you deserve a response. Do you deserve it? Some say, I'm just unworthy. Well, not, not if you're in Christ, you're not. Not if you're in Christ. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. So you're worthy. Holy. These are biblical descriptions of you. Holy, righteous, come on now, upright, have the mind of Christ, have on the armor of God, got His stuff, hmm. His Spirit is in you. How can I be unworthy when God puts all these labels on me? Amen. Okay, let's, let's go over to Matthew chapter 18 today. Matthew chapter 18. And let's talk a little bit about the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement is a similar type of prayer to the prayer of faith. Uh, but obviously, you need more than one person to pray it. Okay? Uh, a prayer of agreement, you're not just agreeing with yourself. Or really, it doesn't even refer to someone just agreeing with the Lord. That would be the prayer of faith. Uh, But the prayer of agreement. Now, let's go ahead and read here in Matthew 18, verse 18. 18, 18. Uh, It says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, notice the starting point is earth and we affect the realm of the spirit by what we do now let me back up for just a moment it's important to see at different times when you're studying the bible that there are 
principles with a specific context, and there are principles that have universal context. In other words, they apply in many different situations. For example, uh, the scripture that says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I mean, no, we can use that in, in so many different areas. That's just a principle of faith. Yet the context really refers to people dying, okay, and, 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 and going to be with the Lord and so forth. This particular passage, and we'll read, the, of course, the next verse as well, but you, when you read this in context, it's talking about church discipline, all right? Does it have a broader application? It does because of the, the universal laws or principles contained within it. All right, but the first application of what Jesus is talking about here is, you know, uh, if you go back to verse 15, talks about when a brother sins against you, and when someone does you wrong, what are you supposed to do? And he, he, he lays it out, how you're supposed to go to them, and you're supposed to try to make this thing right, and, and get, get all these circumstances uh, taken care of, and if he doesn't hear you, I'm paraphrasing, you can read it right there, if he doesn't hear you, you get a few other people to come with you. Okay, but that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. You get some other witnesses to try to reconcile the situation. This is, again, when someone is, is, is in sin and they're doing wrong. And he goes on to talk about, well, if that doesn't work, then you bring them to the church. Okay, and, he, and you get some authority there. Okay, it doesn't mean you go around to people in the church <laughs> and say, so-and-so, you know, they did me wrong and they're in sin. Now, that's called gossip. <laughs> Under, you have to rightly divide the word and you use the whole of Scripture and don't just interpret it any way you want. I need to go to the church now, so I'm going to go start telling people. <laughs> no, obviously, you'd go to, you, you, you know, you'd bring some leadership in there so there's accountability and there's not just uh, revenge taking place here, right? Uh, but in the context of this, uh, when he says to do that, that's when he comes along and brings up the verse that we read, that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, this is speaking of the guy who sinned, the brother, not the sinner, not the person in the world, the Christian, the brother in Christ who sinned against you, and you've taken these other steps already, but things are not working, you bring them before the church, he's basically showing you have power now. Okay, and, and as we'll see, it's not just one person doing it, but it's multiple people in agreement together, and it's not one person just getting back at somebody else, but there apparently is an ability that the church has, that the, in those in the body of Christ, to bind and loose, and this is again in relationship to that person who's living in sin. The guy who's in sin, he sinned and he won't turn around. He won't get right. He won't repent and make things straight. He said, he said, you know, well, one of the steps, of course, is you, of course you go to him, but you want to, at one point, if he won't listen, you treat him like a sinner. You basically say, okay, you're going to act that way. You're not going to come around. We're all, we all love you and everything, but see ya. All right. And what happens there is we have then the right or the power to bind or loose in relationship to their life. And we have examples of this in Scripture. Okay. Amen. And we're talking about the realm of the Spirit. You remember over in, in, uh, in let's see, the 1 Corinthians 5 or 2 Corinthians 5. It just slipped my mind at the moment. But pa Paul the Apostle said, uh, referring to a particular person who was in, uh, in sin and not repentant in this sexual type of sin, he said uh, that when my spirit is there with the spirit of our Lord, we, you come together. He said, we turn such a one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. 
All right. When someone gets out and they're in sin and they do not repent, nowadays, I mean, people just kind of don't do anything. But uh, according to this, we have the right and the power to bind and loose on their behalf. And in one sense, people are, uh, when, when someone's in the family, they're in the body, we have an ability to bind the enemy from coming and attacking them. When you're in a family and you're in fellowship, you are protected and you have other people who will bind things, even if you make mistakes. Sometimes people get away with mistakes, and I say get away with it, they sowed bad things, but they didn't reap those bad things because someone prayed for them and someone stood in there and held the enemy at bay. But when someone gets too far, we don't have to bind that. And in reality, we loose it. The Apostle Paul did. Say, what happens then? The devil eats their lunch. Comes in and messes them up. And hopefully they'll, find, they'll turn their life finally around and get right. It's not God's best. It's not God's way. But uh, this authority has been given to the church to do so. You know, the Apostle John talked about in the last part of the book of John about retaining or remitting sins unto a person. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's through our prayers of, of binding and loosing that uh, a person gets off, uh, gets off free sometimes, and they're protected even from uh, the attacks of the enemy, or things are loosed. And the enemy has a free course in their life to really thrash them. What's our desire? Well, so that their spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Is this deep? Okay. So when we bind, what are we doing? We're keeping evil at bay. We're, turning, uh, we're keeping things from coming on someone. And in reality, sometimes in loosing someone and letting them go, we're we're releasing our responsibility of protection against that person and, and the enemy can come in. All right. Now, back to this. The authority that we're talking about lies on earth. We are not waiting for God to bind and loose. It is our job. We have a responsibility to do the binding and to do the loosing. Sometimes people want to, well, I'm going to pray so the Lord will... We'll deal with this. Sometimes people will pray about, well, the devil's attacking me. Lord, just stop the devil from attacking me. Well, we don't have any scriptures in the Bible that tell us to pray that the Lord would do something about the enemy's work in our lives. In reality, we are supposed to do something about that. Scripture says to resist the devil and he will flee from you, right? In James chapter 4. And, uh, and, uh, well, in Ephesians chapter 4, talks about these things as well, about resisting the, the, the devil. By giving, here's what it says, give no place to the devil. And so it's our responsibility to deal with these attacks, not the Lord's. Okay? And so the binding and loosing is done by us, done on earth, and then there is a response that takes place in the realm of the Spirit. The prayer of agreement is a continuing thought now of binding and loosing because as we look at the next verse verse 19 he says again I say to you well what do you mean again well apparently he's referring to the same thing he's talking about 
Because he didn't just state what he's about to state. But I guess he did in a different way. Okay. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And so uh, the, the prayer of agreement continues this thought. So it's not just about one person saying, well, bless God, I'm kind of ticked off at Terry, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn him over to Satan. <laughs> and uh, no, no, no. No, this is talking about multiple people being involved, okay, and agreement, talking about witnesses, talking about someone who is in sin, amen. I've heard crazy stories about people uh, trying to turn people over to the devil, you know, and they're just mad at them. I've heard, of, I, I've heard of different pastors who tried to abuse that, and they were so mad at someone who left their church, they told them they were turning them over to Satan. And uh, they weren't. The Spirit of the Lord was not in that. <laughs> and uh, and it's, not about, it's not about getting revenge for someone. Uh, uh, n- nothing like that. Uh, but, but it is about a spirit of, of love and a spirit of agreement. And, uh, and that's when these things can take place. But now, the, the universal principle here is in the prayer of agreement that there is power when two people or more will believe the same thing. When they will get in agreement, remember Amos 3 says, can, can two walk together if they're, unless they're agreed? Okay, there's got to be absolute agreement. If I were to list them, I would say it this way. The rules that govern this type of prayer are, number one, there must be at least two people. All right, I realize that's simplistic. But you can't pray a prayer of agreement by yourself. You must have someone else. And don't assume that just because someone else is praying with you, that they are of necessity agreeing with you. Okay? If ever you want to pray a prayer of agreement, you must make sure and not just get someone to say, oh, yeah, I agree. Do you know that they agree? Okay? And if you don't know, don't pray. Because what happens is you're, you know, you got your prayer going different directions you're believing one thing they're believing another thing okay they might say I believe I know but what do you believe remember that question from last week (laughs) one person believes it's going to happen the other person believes it might happen one police person believes that they receive the other person believes that God will do it in his time how many know that's not agreement Okay, and so it looks good on the outside. I agreed with, with someone concerning this particular thing. Did you really? Okay, and so there must be at least two people. And number two, I'm just breaking this down, is they must agree. They must literally agree as to what's going to happen. In other words, if, if one person uh, is, is needing healing in their body, you cannot pray that prayer with someone who's not sure if God wants them well. Do not bother. If I believe that I'm supposed to be healed and it's God's will, and you don't believe that, I cannot pray a prayer of agreement with you. Because we're, again, going in two different directions. Say, what do you do if someone comes to you and they want you to agree with them about something and, and you don't agree with them? You need to tell them. Okay? Or find some common ground 
where you can agree. And this is something I've done on multiple, multiple occasions. Someone comes and say, would you pray for me and agree with me concerning this? As soon as they say it, I'm just telling you internally, I'm going through my file system. Is this scriptural? In other words, do I have a strong, solid foundation of God's word where I know I can be in faith with them about this? And so I'm scanning scriptures. You know, sorry, I can't keep that going. <laughs> Some of you are really good at it, that, that whole tongue thing. And, uh, and so I'm looking for scripture because I do that for myself. If I'm going to pray, I need to know I'm standing on something solid. You know, and if I'm going to pray for you, I need to know I'm standing on something solid. And here's what I say, what I'll, what I'll do if someone says, I, I'm a, I want you to pray that, uh, you know, you know, someone says, I was about to get, uh, I'm about to get married, and this person, they decided they didn't want to, and I want you to pray that they will. Well, You see, here's the deal on that. Say, well, can't you pray that that person will come back to them? And, and, and say, what? And the person says, I know that they're the one for me. Well, fine if you know that. I don't know that. Okay? Without a direct revelation or word from God, I can't be in faith about that. So I'm not going to pray the prayer of agreement with you about that. But here's what I will do. I'll say, you know what? Let's believe for God's will to be done and for, and for God to send you and connect you with the perfect person of His choice. If it's that person, then we kind of covered them, right? But if it's somebody else, at least we can agree, and there can be faith presented there, all right? And so, and so don't, don't just be quick to jump into something that you're not sure about. If there's uncertainty, there's not faith. But there must be certainty before you pray. Because, again, I, what I made mention of, this prayer is similar to the prayer of faith. It's just multiple people. Okay, number three, it says in the scripture here that they must be on earth. <laughs> they must be on earth. Didn't, didn't the Bible say that? Right. I'm not getting outside of the Bible here, am I? You say, well, that's not important. Well, that's in there. If two of you on earth agree, okay? So I'm not locking arms with somebody in heaven, Right? I'm not praying to Saint so-and-so, or with them, or anything else, right? I'm praying with someone on earth, if two on earth. Well, why on earth would we pray for someone, pray with someone on earth? It is because our earth suit gives us the right, the authority to have requests from God to bring things into manifestation in the earth. When I leave the earth, I can no longer affect the earth. But while I'm here, I have authority. That, that could, you know, we could talk a long time about that. But that's one of the reasons Jesus became a man. A man had to redeem man because man had the right to be here. God gave the earth to a man. And, so, and there's, there's a lot there. But there's authority with being in the earth. Just the fact that you have flesh and blood, you have the right to do things on planet earth. And being a Christian, a child of God with faith, you can affect this planet while you're here. Come on now. Uh, I think some of us are missing opportunities. Because before long, we're going to be chatting up in, 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 in glory land. We're going to be walking on streets of gold and talking about things. And, and, but now, 
we can have an impact. Now we can get things done while we're on the earth. Okay? Do, can, you play, can you pray in airplanes? Uh, I think you can. <laughs> okay, I, th- I think you can. I think that qualifies even though you're not physically on the earth. I think it qualifies. Okay, number four, real simple. Number four, the rule that governs this is they must ask. They must ask. Because, again, the Scripture said here, uh, whatever you, no, let's see, if two of you on earth, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. Okay, so it's not just about, well, hey, I'll agree with you. Someone said, I'm trusting God to meet my need here and to provide this for me. I'll agree with that. I'm not saying there's no power in just simple agreement, but that's just not what this verse said. And the reason I'm so technical with some of this, I believe that when we do it exactly the way the Lord said, it causes our faith to rise. And we know this is exactly what He said to do. And if I do exactly what He said for me to do, I will get exactly what he said I would get. Are you listening? Nothing short. Nothing less. I'm going to get exactly what I prayed for. Okay? But there must be request. All right? How does this work in practicality when someone's praying and making requests with another person? There's different ways that you can do this. Uh, One way that I've done it at different times with other people, and and when myself is involved, I've done this with my wife. Uh, is that we actually write a prayer down. Just write it out and we get it, get it specific, word for word, put the scriptures in there and uh, just get a good solid foundation. So sometimes people don't think that preparing to pray is, can oftentimes be just as important as the actual prayer. In other words, you're real specific here. You're dealing with facts. You're dealing with the will of God. We're dealing with that, uh, you know, real scriptures that you're pointing to, not just kind of an off the cuff, throw a prayer up there. And maybe it'll land. Maybe we'll get this one. No, I'm dealing with the real stuff here. So we've written out, out, out prayer requests, type them up, and then, uh, you know, one person will pray it, then the other person will pray it. Exactly, word for word. I, that just raises my confidence. And we date it and sign it. Got it. What does it say? And then whenever, if ever we wonder, do we have this? Let's go look. Yep, we got it on... October 19, right? That's when we got it. Because the Lord said that we would have it. That the Father would give it to us. So we got it then. Got God's Word on it right there. Yeah. And so, does it have to be written? Well, no. I mean, sometimes if you're not in a situation where, where you can do that, someone comes to you, you know, maybe they say the prayer and you just intently are with them, you know, on every single word and you're listening and, and agreeing with them while they pray and they say amen, you say amen and say, I believe it's done with you. I believe it's taken care of. Isn't that good? Glory to God. And then you stay with it with them, you know, giving, giving the Lord thanks, giving the Lord praise, even after the case. And, uh, and, uh, and believing that things are done. So, if you need something, but you could use someone else's support or someone else's faith, someone else's help, pray the prayer of agreement. That's really when this, these things can come in. Uh, I like to say it this way. If I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to you know, carry something heavy, if I wanted to carry this 
this drum set and I needed to move it into a, a vehicle or something out in the parking lot. Well, you know, I might be able to get it. It would be awkward, you know, and it's, it's, it's bulky and, and I don't know the exact weight of that thing. But I, I might be able to get it out there and maybe I'd drop it a couple times and, and, or maybe I couldn't do it. Or if I needed to pick up a big honking pew. I don't know if I could pick one of those up, you know. So what do I do? The smart thing to do is get somebody else to help, okay? It's not any kind of uh, negative on me. What? Aren't you strong enough to do it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and so you're going to help or not? <laughs> and, uh, but it's just a smart thing to do. Sometimes you've got some things before you, some major challenges. Be honest with yourself. Say, this is pretty big. You know, this is kind of a big load here. I, you know, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to get this. But, you know, I could sure use someone who will agree with me. I can sure use someone else's faith on this project with mine so that I'm not alone. And that will help your faith in and of itself when you know you're with someone who, who will believe God with you. Someone who will stand with you and not be moved by circumstances. But every time they think of it, they'll just say, thank you, Lord, it's done. Thank you, Lord, this thing is finished. And, and so if you're facing things, this is a very appropriate and, and smart way to pray uh, when you need some help. Amen? Amen. That's the prayer of agreement. Praise the Lord. We'll, we'll, we'll jump into the next type of prayer next time. Amen. And, uh, and just trust the Lord as we go. Father, thank you so much today. You're a good God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your wisdom that helps us to understand all these principles, all these truths. And Lord, we just uh, purpose in our hearts to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Uh, we purpose to be uh, those who um, build our house upon the rock, not upon the sand. And thank you for the blessing of God that is attached to every action that we take in line with your word. Lord, we just believe you're doing good things today. We believe you're answering prayer. We believe you're hearing us when we call. We believe that there's a response from heaven. And Lord, you take great pleasure in meeting needs. You take great pleasure in answering prayers and fulfilling desires and causing us to come up to a higher place. Lord, we give you thanks and praise. Let's all have everybody stand up tonight. Amen. Father God, we just do continue to thank you.